welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today's topic is easy does it. And easy does it is a very popular phrase in the sobriety program. So I wanted to start out by talking about um, a little bit about some of my quirks. <laughs> so as I drank more and more, I had more and more excuses for why I drank. And when I got into the program, I thought, well, I'm going to tell these people why I drank. You know, I drank because I was unhappy in my marriage. I drank because my job was stressful. I drank because I didn't have enough money. You know, I could think of all the excuses in the world for why I was drinking. But I drank because I'm an alcoholic. And, you know, blaming these other people, places, and things, blaming my depression, my anxiety, um, none of that was why I drank. I didn't drink because I had anxiety, meaning <laughs> I, you know, my mental health isn't why I drank. I drank because I'm an alcoholic, because I have a disease. And although on the surface, what I saw during that time was that I had anxiety, I had depression, I had um, a stressful job, I had uh, a relationship that I wasn't happy in. So that's why I drink. That, that's what I thought back then. So today, you know, today is no less stressful than it was back then when I was drinking. Um, life still goes swirling around in my head. I don't know if any of you have that, but I can some days can be so stressed out and so wrapped around the axle about whatever's going on in my life or all the 20,000 things that are going on that I can sit in a room in silence and my brain is like, it's so loud inside my head because I just can almost hear the chaos of all the uh, emotions and the uh stress about what I have to do. And I, it, you know, it, I don't know. Um, it's, it's just so loud. That's the best way that I can describe it. It's so loud in my head. And, and today, I still have just as many stresses in my life. They're just packaged very differently today. Today, I don't have um, you know, co-workers that are telling me this or that. I don't have deadlines for work. I, you know, today though, I have an illness that I'm trying to manage. I have 
insurance paperwork that I'm trying to manage. That is a there is a deadline with that. I have doctors, lots of different doctors that I'm trying to communicate with and some are responsive, some are not responsive, you know. Um I've got my son is turning 26 and and you know that's the magic age where all the insurance and everything drops off at 26 and um you know so I have life is still happening to me even though everything has changed in my life in the past 4 months my entire life has just completely changed but yet it's interesting how we can sit in a totally different world and still feel just as many stressors in our lives. And, um, and we can sit in, you know, ask me, you know, a year ago, if imagine Rachel, that you were going to be not working, dealing with your head symptoms talking to insurance companies and doctors. I don't know. I would have said I'd rather keep working. I know that I would have, but there are some people that are probably like, oh, give it up, Rachel. You know, I'd rather not work and have to just talk to insurance companies and doctors. Like, it's all perspective. And, um, but, you know, it's, you almost can't compare. And, just yesterday, I was talking to uh, my boyfriend, and I was ex uh, explaining to him, you know, how I've been reaching out to everybody I need to regarding all the paperwork that needs to be completed by certain deadlines uh, for my insurance and my doctors and all of that, and um, and he you know, gently reminded me that this is my job dealing with, uh, the insurance and the doctors and everything. That is my job now. And that, that is what my primary care physician told me as well. She's like, this is your job now. Um, and she said that in the beginning, because I was feeling like I didn't have a job, you know, like if I'm on, uh, disability I don't have a job and she was saying Bo but you do have a job your job is is to take care of yourself your job is to recover your job is to uh, manage your life the way that it is right now that's your job um, so I wanted to talk about this easy does it thing um some in the in my recovery program uh, for sobriety, uh, some people say easy does it, but do it uh, because easy does it doesn't mean uh, just, you know, you don't need to do that. It's, you know, just put it off. It doesn't need to be. So uh, it doesn't mean don't do it. It just means don't overwhelm yourself, like slow down. And remember that I am responsible for getting these things done. 
And I remember when I was drinking, clearly remember when I was drinking, having these deadlines and things I needed to do just pile up one after the other uh, to the point where I was just, um, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything uh, because I just, I wouldn't, I started procrastinating and then it just kept piling up and then eventually I was just overwhelmed you know and that's and and that is by even paying my bills I was overwhelmed by bills because I didn't just pick one bill up and pay it uh, I procrastinated on everything and so my entire life that's step one my entire life was unmanageable. Even the simplest things that a normal human being knows how to do, I just couldn't do it. I was just, I can't think of the word that I'm trying to think of, but I was just uh, paralyzed. That's what it is. I was paralyzed with just uh, being overwhelmed, being fearful, all of that stuff. So in sobriety, what I've learned is to start taking small steps. I talk about it all the time, doing the next right thing. Um, some people say small changes, call them small changes. Um, there's a book that if you've read it called Atomic Habits, all of it is really the same thing. It means um, to, to work towards whatever you're trying to do a little bit at a time, basically. And, and this next right thing concept has really just been pivotal for me, for my life. And um, so, so reminding myself that I'm responsible. And, um, and I'm responsible for, for everything. So those are just life things, you know, uh, paying the bills and and the stuff I'm dealing with right now. But also, um, I'm responsible for my relationships with I, with bleh, that I have with people also. And um, one of the challenges that I had when I first got sober was being resentful towards people that I had relationships with that I felt weren't putting any effort towards a relationship with me. For example, they don't call me. And I used to be so resentful towards these people that didn't call me. So I, would, I went to the therapist and, and recognized that I, I absolutely have this... Uh, separation anxiety what is it uh when people go and I'm afraid they're never going to come back <laughs> I don't I'm having a hard time with words today it happens um but so like when my for example I don't want to go too much down this road but um like uh my father going my brother going my son going, you know, these people, 
I had so many examples of people leaving my life and never coming back. So that when my son actually went off to college, I'm like, he's leaving, he's never coming back. And, you know, I never picked up the phone and called any of these people that I claimed left my life and never came back. You know, like my sister graduated, got married, left and never came back, you know, and I could just you could go all day all day long about how your life, your world changes as you grow up. But what I was looking at it as uh, a victim, I, I was looking at it like I was a victim that everybody was just leaving me behind. And I've talked about it and, and shed some tears over it in a previous episode about how I always felt like I was standing still while everybody was moving on with their lives. And so what am I getting at? I'm getting at the fact that um, I'm responsible for those relationships just as much as I'm uh, responsible for everything else in my life. And I would get to the point where I was so resentful that it was inside me, my relationship with that person was being destroyed. And, and I was just starting to just be terribly upset about it. Um, and the person, the other person didn't even know about it. And um, what she reminded me of is that it's my responsibility to pick up the phone just as much as it's the other person's uh, responsibility to pick up the phone. There's two of us in the relationship. So... I know that kind of seems a little different than what I'm talking about for easy does it, but it's really the concept of just doing the next right thing. There are things that can build up and be overwhelming, and there are things that build up and can cause resentments. And in order to avoid those it's like just put forth the effort take an action but um there's no need to get obsessed about it I guess is is what I'm trying to say who knows what I'm trying to say anyway uh I was in a meeting this morning and I was thinking about how I was very much just present in the meeting I was listening to what the topic was. I was listening to other people sharing. And I was not thinking about or obsessing about or getting, you know, feeling anxiety, feeling stress about what needed to be happening later today. And what needed to happen later today is I needed to freaking find a way to get my insurance company to respond to me because <laughs> I had tried like six times. And uh, but at my 7 a.m. meeting, I was in my 7 a.m. meeting. You know, I was mentally I was present in that 7 a.m. meeting and I felt really 
happy about that. I kind of was patting myself on the back a little bit. And I was really, um, it drove home for me that nothing's going to be resolved if I sit in this sobriety meeting and worry about what I need to do later today. I'm not resolving anything. And actually what I'm doing is I'm putting myself at risk for being um, not spiritually fit for the day because that's why I'm in that 7 a.m. meeting to be spiritually fit for the day. And I need it. I need to fill my gas tank every day with that 7 a.m. meeting. So I was... I was thinking um, after the meeting, as I started to tackle what I needed to do uh, for this insurance paperwork and contacting all of these people, um, I was thinking I need to do one thing at a time and think about the one thing that I'm doing at the time that I'm doing it. Don't think about the other things that I need to do, just the one thing. So uh, somebody said, slow down to speed up is another way of saying it. And um, so, so here's, the, here's the example. So I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, in real time, live action. <laughs> How do I slow down? So it's like I have this engine running behind the scenes in my head that's telling me while I'm doing one thing, it's telling me all the other things that I need to do. So this is what happened this morning. I got off of my, uh, my sobriety meeting and I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tackle this insurance and doctor's paperwork thing. So just recap, I had been trying to contact my insurance company for nine days and didn't receive a response. And I had sent three emails, two portal messages, made one phone call, and, and nothing. I got nothing back. And then... Um, so I'm like, okay, let me think of different ways that I can contact them. And so I went on to the website. Now, mind you, my impairment is a neurological vision impairment, which means anything that I do on the computer causes my head to hurt. Now, I'm taking a migraine injection which makes my head not, I don't have the sharp pains and I don't have the, um, I don't know, like the rubber bands necessarily, unless I really, really push myself. So the symptoms that I have that are left over now that the pain is taken away is that I just plain old can't see. Um, and there, it's hard to explain. I have this sensation behind my eyes. Like, it feels like it's somewhere between my brain and my eyes. There's something happening there. So, um, so I'm doing all of this to spite my um, 
my impairment. I, you know, I mean, what else am I supposed to do? Okay. So I go onto the website and I see that there's a chat thing. So I start chatting to talk to somebody and I connect with somebody. I tell them, is there any way for you to figure out what the status of my claim is? Because, um, because nobody's responding to me. So meanwhile, while I'm talking to that lady, I pop over to my email and lo and behold, in my spam folder of my email, I received an email from my claims person, my claim, uh, my case manager, the, the night before. So last night, and it was in my spam folder. So I finally did get a message back uh, on the ninth day. So, but I didn't tell the person on chat that I was talking to because I wanted to hear what the status was from her perspective. So, uh, so I'm already doing two things at once. I'm trying to talk to the chat person and I'm checking my email to see what the case manager said. And then what I'm also doing is I got the printer out because I filled out all this paperwork that I received in the mail and I was trying to scan it all so that I could send it over to the case manager. So that's three things at once that I'm trying to do. I had already written down my notes for my podcast today that said slow down to speed up. <laughs> one thing at a time. And I was sitting there actively trying to do three things at once. It's, it's fascinating. I'm actually sitting here shaking my head like I can't even believe it as I'm talking about it because I don't think I realized what I did until right this second um, sharing it with you. So I wanted to reply to my case manager via email as soon as possible. You know, I wanted to just just get it done. You know, I'm snapping my fingers. And yet I didn't want to let the lady on chat, lady or guy, I don't know, uh, be delayed. You know, I didn't want to not respond to them right away or else they may drop. And... Um, and yet I knew that I needed to get the paperwork to the case manager. So why email her when I need to actually send the email with the paperwork? So this is just um, an enlightening story about how chaotic my brain is. That is what's going on. So... Um, it also happened. That's the end of that story. So I, I, I sent my paperwork in. I found out that they're still working on it. I sent all the paperwork in. I needed to, like, before I sent the email to the insurance uh, case manager, I needed to call two doctor's offices to have them reply to the case uh, manager and all this stuff. So um, I got it all done, but in my head, it was very chaotic. It wasn't like what I used to do at work was 
some days I would work like that where I'm doing 10 things at once and they all get done, but it's like, it's not pretty the way that it's done, you know? Um, I don't do it gracefully. And then there's other days that I would have a list of what I needed to do that day and I would just check them off one at a time, one at a time. And you can tell at work, who is working off of a list and who actually has set their goals for the day on what they need to complete and who is working in a world of chaos inside their brain. You can tell who it is. And, um, and the last thing you want to do to somebody who's working in a, in a chaotic uh, mindset is to say, hey, 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 easy does it. <laughs> that would just piss them off. At least it would piss me off. Anyway, um, I also, so I, when I was writing my notes for this podcast, I, so I used this remarkable tablet. I'm always plugging it and I am going to contact them. Um, but I was using my re remarkable tablet and I'm writing my notes. So it's just like paper. And so I'm writing cursive, and um, I find myself trying to rush uh, because I feel like I'm always working against the clock. I always feel like I'm working against the clock. I'm not even, uh, you know, I don't have a typical work day anymore, but I still feel like I'm looking at the clock and making sure that I can fit in as many things as possible during the day. And so in the evening is I try to do my podcast in the mornings. It just doesn't work for me. So uh, in the evening, I'm polishing up my, uh, my script for the podcast. And I want to make sure that, you know, I have quality information that I'm sharing and that I'm sharing examples of my experience, strength and hope. But I also want to make sure that I get it done before my boyfriend goes to bed or else I'm afraid I'm going to wake him up, which I've had two episodes recently where I'm trying to talk quiet. And I don't know if that's annoying or not, but sorry if it is. Anyway, so I can tell in the evenings when I'm like polishing up my script and everything that um, I'm starting to rush. I'm starting to rush so much that I'm like misspelling things. I, you know, I'm just, I can't even write. I get so uh, in a tizzy. Uh, and I also, throughout today, I was thinking about how while I'm going about my day, I'm almost haunted by the things that I need that I have in the works that aren't complete and they it bugs me and what I need to do is not start new things without finishing something else but it's it's just an obsessive mindset I think you know so I have this website recoverydailypodcast.com and I've been creating blogs for it, but I haven't, 
done a blog for it, I think in like a month or something like that. I almost kind of forgot that I was doing blog doing blogs for like a couple weeks. And then I got all excited about this book that I want to write. So I just completely shifted over to that. And then I had mentioned in one of my episodes about doing a commercial for the podcast, but I started working on that for a couple weeks and then realized I just, with my vision impairment, it's just something I, I can't do. Um, and so I asked, I asked for it for Christmas <laughs> from my son and his girlfriend. So we'll see. That'll be fun. But I also have my quilt that I'm trying to finish for uh, somebody that I care a lot about. And I have this uh, new yoga habit that I've started, and I'm on day three. Yay. And I have these cupcakes that I want to make. I'm making some cinnamon apple cupcakes with um, caramel drizzle on top. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things are, like, going around in my head, like, all day. So while I work on one thing, like my quilt, I'm thinking, oh, I got to fit yoga in somewhere. I've got to, you know, I've got to finish that blog. And um, it's like I have a compulsion to, to not only um, want to finish everything, but uh, it's like I can't... Um, I can't just focus on one thing. And in a lot of ways, this is a great quality to have. And it, I mean, it does make sense that I always have to obsess about something. I mean, alcoholics are known for this. There's a lot of literature about it. Um, but what I want to do is think about how many times throughout the day I could have slowed down today, just in just today. Um, I'm reaching the end of my quilt. I'm just working on the binding. That's the, uh, the part that goes around the edge for those of you non-sewers. So um, while I'm sewing, I found myself today trying to hurry. So I have a, uh, I've been uh, approved, well, I'm going to be interviewed for another gentleman's podcast that is about stroke recovery. And so the interview is on... Friday. And I'm really excited about it. Um, and I will tell you more information about it um, soon. But my friend offered to come over and take um, a picture of me because I don't really have any pictures of myself. I have my picture from my last job, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I feel like I need a new picture. So she was coming over to take a picture, and I was working on my quilt, and I thought, 
I can just, I'll finish this. I'll just finish this and I'll still have time to get all duded up for my picture. And like, I keep looking at the clock and looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, it's 3.30. I don't think that I can. And I had to stop myself and be like, Rachel, you know, why are you trying to rush this? Like, why are you trying to finish this up? When I'm at the very end where I'm really polishing the edges and I need to pay attention to the detail and I've put a lot of time and effort into it, why on earth am I rushing it? Um, because I just wanted to finish it. It's like I wanted to check it off and then do the next thing. Um, and I can feel, like while I was doing it, I could feel like a tremble even that was starting, I could start feeling this tremble underneath, uh, I guess underneath my skin. I don't know, in my nerves, I could feel, because I was getting so impatient. Um, and... When I get like that, I get, I start getting hot, you know, like a hot flash and, and everything. So I just stopped at, at one point I was just like, just stop. So this is normal too. This is normal for me. I would love to hear if any of you have this same craziness that happens. But, um, I talked yesterday about our tendency these days to want immediate gratification. And I think, I think what I'm feeling is almost is similar to that. It makes it hard for me to remember to enjoy the journey just as much as the destination. You know, the joy of making this quilt is not just the finished product. You know, the reason why I'm making the quilt is because it's somebody that it's for somebody I care about who's very sick. And that is the what I'm, you know, that's my goal. That's the objective and I want to get to the end as soon as possible so that I can send it to the person. But there's also a lot of joy in taking the time to work on this for somebody that I care about. All the time that I'm sitting and sewing, and I feel like I'm getting a lump in my throat, the time that I'm sitting and sewing this quilt is time that I get to think about this person. And I want to remember that tomorrow as I'm working on it, is that it's not the finished quilt. I mean, that's part of it. But it's also that I'm putting a lot of love and recovery and frustration and sadness and joy and there's so many feelings 
that are being stitched into this quilt. And I need to remember that as I finish it up tomorrow, that it's, it is the perfect time for me to relax and, um, and try to let go of some of that tension. It's not just physical tension, it's mental tension. So some other things that, um, that I need to do is remind myself to take it easy when I'm trying to put together a daily schedule and my, and my goals for the day. My boyfriend had told me at the beginning of my disability period to, he recommended that I focus on accomplishing one big thing per day, big thing, big, big, you know, whatever I consider big, one thing, maybe I shouldn't even say big, that I complete one thing per day. And I loved that idea because otherwise I'm trying to do that thing where I'm trying to beat the clock and I'm trying all day to complete as many things as possible you know um there are days that I'm downstairs I'm like okay I'm gonna bake this bread I'm gonna take my dog for a long walk I'm gonna sew the quilt I need to fit in a nap I need to make sure that I do yoga I mean it's not reasonable and it's certainly not uh endorsing my recovery for myself so I intentionally start my day with my sobriety meeting at 7 a.m. And that allows me to reflect and relax and just listen and feel, you know. It's, it's one of the most important times in my day because it, it gets me on the right track. You know, it kind of just puts me right on my beam for the day. And it's so important to me (laughs) that after I feed my dogs and I let them out, they know that from 7 a.m. to 8 8 a.m., it's cuddle time. And that means that they are allowed to get in my bed with me because they usually sleep in, or they do sleep in their crates. So, um during my sobriety meeting, they get to get up on the bed with me and it's cuddle time. No, no puppies are allowed to have toys during that time. Everybody just goes back to sleep. And it's just a time that I treasure. And, um, and another thing that I do, uh, to promote relaxation is at midday, I take each of the dogs for a walk around the block. And lately it's been really, really nice outside. And we don't take a fast walk. What I determined is with my eye, with my vision impairment, it's a lot easier for me to walk really slow. And I thought, when I walk the bulldog, Boris, when I walk him, most of the time he's standing still. He's sniffing things, you know, so we'll walk like a couple 
steps and then he'll sniff a pole and then we'll walk a couple steps and he'll sniff a bush or something like that. So we're not really walking. We don't go very far. Um, but I thought, why aren't I doing this with my Weimaraner? You know, she's just high energy. She's high energy like me. And there's no reason why I can't walk slow with her. And it'd probably be a good training opportunity. So we um, spend just as much time outside, but we walk really slowly. And you can tell that she's just itching, <laughs> itching to just go running. But it's good for her. It's good training. And I think it's, it's mental exercise for her more than physical exercise. So that's another thing that I do midday. Um, my yoga is, has been panning out to be at 4 p.m. Um, as much as I wanted it to be at 11 a.m., that's not working for me. And, um, and I was also talking to my boyfriend about expanding my baking to cooking. And um, I told him the reason why baking has been working for me is because it's a very slow-paced type kitchen uh, activity. And it's not like, you know, I've got one thing on the burner and one thing in the oven or anything like that. So I get to take my time because when I hurry um, and I've got to do a lot of different things at once, I get mixed up. First of all, um, I also have a hard time reading instructions and following them. So I need to do one thing at a time. And I can only read the instructions a little bit at a time. I can't just read gigantic paragraphs of instructions uh, because it all hurts my head. So, But I'm going to start branching out and, and see if I may be able to find some recipes that are cooking, um, but they don't require a lot of fast-paced, uh, multi-burner type meals. So these are some of the things that I'm doing for myself. And I think uh, the best thing I can do is to make sure that I pause when I can remember during the day and use it as a checkpoint and ask myself, am I doing something that I can slow down with? You know, am I working on my quilt and I'm thinking about something else? And that's more about mindfulness, you know. So I'm going to try tomorrow to start um, slowing down a little bit. You know, I thought about it today, but I certainly did, did not slow down. But I'll keep trying because everything that we talk about here uh, on the Recovery Daily Podcast takes practice. So thanks for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow.